Praise the Lord. Wonderful to offer the evening sacrifice to the Lord and receive his presence, and it's time for the word. Title tonight, I Shall Not Be Moved. I was thinking this afternoon I maybe should have called it Unswerving Faith Part B. <laughs> Zechariah 4, 6 to 10. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things, the day of small beginnings? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. The Lord looking for someone to show himself loyal, that will show himself strong on those who are loyal to him. The word of the Lord came to a man called Zerubbabel. He was in a time of testing and trial, a time where it seemed there was an impasse before him. And the Lord came and said to him, the word of the Lord came, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. I don't know about you, but I like when the Holy Spirit takes up the charge on my behalf. When he speaks to the mountain, when he gets involved and, wow, then how quick we can be to respond with the Holy Spirit and begin to move in line with the purposes of God in our life. The word of the Lord and the obedience of his people. I want to remind you tonight that it's not for us so much to speak about the mountain, but to speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain, not about the mountain, at least not about the mountain so much. Zerubbabel, they had a mountain before them. They had circumstances, but the word of the Lord came and it put fresh faith and encouragement in the man of God. It's amazing how quickly, even a day or two of strong enemy warfare of buffeting against our life. It's amazing how quickly even a day or two of warfare can put a knock on us. Such a prime example in the Bible of Elijah, the great prophet of the Lord. First Kings 18, such a mighty victory on Mount Carmel. I mean, the land hadn't seen rain for three and a half years because of the word of the Lord that Elijah spoke. And now he had prayed and the rain was coming and the prophets of Baal had been slain and he was flushed with victory. But the next day, 1 Kings chapter 19, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets of, with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. 
and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. Such a despair that came upon him after such a great victory. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but I've felt it many times. But the Lord is for us. And it shows you that when there is a heart to serve the Lord, the Lord will come to us in times of trial and times of discouragement, in times when we've been beaten down by a voice or a force. And he provides provision. He provides nourishment to us. He says, the journey is too great for you, but I am the Lord God who will care for you. Elijah faced a battle, and just in a moment, he went down to a point of despair, but the Lord lifted him up. When we're down, the Lord will lift us up. The presence of the Lord will come to us. You know, sometimes we endure warfare for a day or two, and it breaks. And other times we endure Seasons, long seasons, even years of warfare in particular areas. And that's what Zerubbabel and the people of God, he was the ruler of Jerusalem at the time of rebuilding. That's what they were facing, long years, 16 years. For 16 years, they had faced impasse. Ezra chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of the Lord God of Israel... They came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the father's houses and said to them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do. And we have sacrificed to him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the heads of the father's houses of Israel said to them, You may do nothing with us to build a house for our God, but we alone will build to the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They troubled them in building. They troubled them in building. They tried to discourage them and hired counselors, voices against them, to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia, right in that last phrase is 16 years. 16 long years of enemy warfare. People that wanted to build the house of God, that wanted to offer a pleasing sacrifice to the Lord, and this battle came against them. 16 years that they were now Pressing on in the promise of God, praying, longing, crying out to God for breakthrough, crying out for God to give them a new day. And then one day, that day came, and Zechariah the prophet stood and said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power. God says, it's time for me to move. I'm going to break through this situation. I'm going to give increase. I'm going to cause the house of God to advance now in this generation. 
Not by might nor by power. Who art thou, O great mountain, God said? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone. He's going to put the final stone in place on this building and finish the work of the Lord. And what a shout of triumph took hold of the people of God, and they began to build with fresh zeal and a heart for God. Ezra 5.1. Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedach, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the preachers, I mean the prophets of God, were with them, helping them. They builded for the next four years unhindered, and the word of the Lord was accomplished, and the house of the Lord was finished. Mark eleven twenty two to 24, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Jesus says to his disciples, to all of us, have faith in God. The marginal says, have the faith of God. Faith in God, then belief in the heart, and then a confession in line with that faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have the faith of God. How do I get that faith? How do I increase that? How do I build that so I can hear the word of the Lord in me? Well, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing a word from God. We must hear a word from God. Faith comes by hearing. Stay in the Word until faith is created in you. Stay in the Word until faith is quickened in you, and that Word of the Lord comes alive in you. Now, sometimes we get saving faith, a deliverance out of a circumstance, and sometimes we get sustaining faith, a delivering as we go through. Sometimes we're delivered out, sometimes we're delivered as we go through. But I don't know about you, but I welcome both kinds, whatever God wants to give me. I like to get out, but I also appreciate when he takes me through. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Stay in the Word. We must stay in the Word until the pressure of a circumstance breaks and we have a word against the mountain. And the Lord will be faithful to put that Word in our spirit to help us out or to help us through. Now the Bible says that those that don't doubt in their heart they will have whatever they say. When you hear a word from God, a scripture comes alive, you know you have a promise of God. The Bible says those who don't doubt in their heart but continue to speak in line with that word, they will have, there will be an accomplishment of that word. 
not to doubt in the heart. It doesn't say head because the head is bombarded with many doubts. My, that warfare can rage. When you hit a circumstance or a trial, it's amazing the voices that can come against your mind, the different thoughts, the discouragement, the despair, the defeat. Like Elijah, Lord, take my life. The journey's too great for me. He says, I know it is. That's why I'll put my spirit and my word in you. Don't doubt. Feelings and emotions are often very unreliable. We can't steady ourselves by feelings and emotions. So the Bible says, don't doubt in your heart. Our head can be raging in battle. And we might even say a few things we shouldn't. But for those who truly know the Lord, down in our spirit is a word from God and a promise from God that we do not doubt in the heart. We hold on to that word no matter how the winds are blowing and the feelings are wasting our life and the thoughts rage against us. We hold to the word of God in our spirit. There is a word inside of us that is hidden. The secret of the Lord is with those that fear him. There is a promise of God. There is a promise inside of us that no vulture's eye can see and no bird of prey can steal. It's the word of the Lord. And that's what we hold to. Let the winds blow. Let the feelings come and go. I've got a word from God in my spirit and I shall not be moved. Psalm 16 and verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Psalm 62, 5 to 9. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. Surely men of low degree are a vapor. Men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. I shall not be moved. Trust in the Lord. A word of faith in our heart. A word of faith in our heart. Nehemiah chapter 4. Now Nehemiah. Zerubbabel was in a time earlier, but now Nehemiah came to build the walls of Jerusalem. The temple had been built. But now it came to build the walls of that city. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God, to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing, and 
there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore I positioned man behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I sat the people according to their, set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, every one to his works. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and to the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Whenever, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Our God will fight for us. Our God will fight for us. If you want to build anything for God, you're going to have to battle. If you don't want to battle, you can't build. But if you want to build a life for God, if you want to build a home, if you want to build a marriage, if you want to build a ministry, if you want to build a church, if you want to build a kingdom work, you have to get ready to battle. There is a warfare against our lives. Sometimes in some things we battle a short time, but sometimes a long time. Now in this case, they only had to battle 52 days. In 52 days, the wall was up. But wow, I've battled some things for 21 days, and it seems like, when is this ever going to end? But they battled 52 days, and they saw a breakthrough in God. God was there. They had a cry on their lips. When we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do, when we don't know what words should come out of our mouth or what conversations we should have, there is one thing that all of us can say. Our God will fight for us. Our God will fight for us. And so he does. And let that be the confession of our faith. For our God will fight for us. And we need to stand in the battle. And we need to take our place and be firm and stand for the presence of the Lord and build like he said, because we have a word on our life and no enemy can turn it down. It's amazing in this passage. 
There was no activity, no spiritual activity for many, many decades. No building of the wall. Nobody had come to restore anything. But the minute Nehemiah came and called the leaders and began to move through that rubble and through those broken down walls, it was immediate. The enemy shot up and shot out his mouth. And that's how he is. Before that, he was lying low. You wouldn't even have known really, that the enemy existed. But the moment somebody went to do a work for God, the moment somebody said, we're going to raise up some spiritual life, and we're going to advance the kingdom, and we're going to do something for God, and we're going to serve the Lord with all our heart, the enemy rose up immediately, and they battled him. But we have a cry. We have a warrior cry. Our God will fight for us. Hallelujah. So we stand. I shall not be moved unswerving faith. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now it's true that sometimes we don't see the advancements we want. Sometimes we advance wonderfully and boldly, and other times we don't see the advancement. But the Bible says even in those times, we need to do everything to stand, to not budge. We need to do everything to stand. Whether we see advancement quickly, slowly, or we're at a standstill. Sometimes in our lives, the enemy holds us to a standstill. But having done all, the Bible says we stand. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places, in spiritual realms. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. Sometimes there's an evil day. Now, all the days are evil, but sometimes there's the evil day that comes against us and there is an accentuated warfare and we can feel it in some area of our life. It may be a battle in our mind or emotions, some situation, some enemy fatigue that's coming against us. We know the battle when it comes because when the battle isn't there, we walk in a wonderful peace and victory with the Lord. But there are times the battle comes, and what are we going to do? The Bible says, having done all to stand. It doesn't say having done nothing try and stand, or having done little to stand. The Bible says, having done all to stand. That is, whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation requires, we're going to stand. We're not gaining ground right now, but the enemy is not going to drive me back one inch from what I've gained and from the inheritance and the promise of God on our life. And we know the battle. 
Because when we're, we are tempted at times, we are badgered by the enemy to give up a confession. We're badgered by the enemy to give up a commitment to go to a lesser place in our mind, in our spirit. To give up something of the promise of God and say, well, maybe it doesn't work. Well, maybe this or maybe that. But we are to do everything and we are to stand for God. We know his promise. Don't give an inch. Give the enemy no ground. Give him no foothold. Don't step back one inch. Say, I will stand. I will stand. I know how far I've come in God. I know what God's done in my life, in my ministry, in the kingdom, in my family. I'm not going to give up one inch. And if we will stand, the day will come when we will advance again. If we will stand... The day will come when we will see progress and advancement again. Our Lord is the one who leads us. You know what we gain by the sword? We have to guard by the sword. What we capture by the sword, we have to keep by the sword. And our Lord is there leading us. He said, I will guide you. I will fight for you. You stay in my word and a, wor and a word of faith will be quickened in you and you will be able to speak to the mountains. Our God will fight for us. That confidence will be down in your spirit and even though he, the enemy has fought you to a standstill in some area of your life, you stand, don't budge, don't move. I shall not be moved and you will see. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be next month, it may not be next year, but you will see the advancement of the Lord because the Lord will lead us on in our inheritance. The Lord will lead us on in our inheritance in this life, the kingdom rule that he has given to us and then, one, then finally one day, fully and finally, he will lead us right on into heaven's glory. Hallelujah. He who has begun a good work in you, worship team come, will finish it. He who has begun a good work in you will perform it. He will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6, Hebrews 12.2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Zerubbabel, your hands have laid the foundation of this building. Your hands will also finish it. Not another. I'm going to put a spirit in you. You will bring forth the capstone in your own life. You will bring forth the capstone in your own ministry. The God who authored it will finish it. As we walk with him, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then this great scripture, Psalm 119, 89. Forever, O Lord, your word <laughs> is settled in heaven. It is fixed. It is firmly established. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away, says the Lord. I shall not be moved. Take the promise of God. Take the word of God. Don't give an inch to the enemy. Stay in that word and let faith continue to be created and walk on in the purpose, the power, and the presence of the Lord in your life and in your family.
God bless you tonight. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God will fight for us. Maybe you need a confession of faith tonight. You've been beaten down and beaten back by the enemy, by some circumstance. Feelings and emotions and your mind is raging with different thoughts. Take up the word of God. Our God will fight for us. Take up the word of God like Zerubbabel. Who are you, O great mountain? You've intimidated me long enough. Before Zerubbabel, before me, you will become a plain. And I will walk on the purpose of God and I will put the capstone in place on my life and my calling and fulfill the will of God. Take up the word of the Lord tonight. Receive from him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God.